The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. We're not allowed to have fun anymore. So lieu of fun, let's at least not be bored. Come on, chorus. And we're live. We're live. It is Friday. May 13th, 2022, 5 o'clock p.m. Kate is cleaning her desk. I am sitting at my Brookings desk drinking scotch. Uh, a better timeline. In a wolf life. shirt. Kind of a husky Ooh. shirt. Kind of a wolf shirt. Isn't that a controversial shirt because of its marginal husky whatever-ish. I mean, I think we maybe need a poll. Is it a wolf or a husky? Um, I think that that would be a great idea. Let's, uh, let's see. Is it a wolf shirt or a husky? Do I need this? Wolf. Alright. Um, so here is a full view of the shirt. You decide, wolf or husky. Um, all right. Um, how many, how many, so this is like a thing. Isn't it like, I have so many stolen office supplies um, from so many places that I don't I think office supplies can be stolen. Is that true? I think they're just communal property. Oh, and, that's interesting. That sounds like a poll. Isn't that uh, like a isn't that like a uh, a question though? Um, for oh, oh no, the Lisa Page puppet fell down. Um, hang on. Is yeah. it possible to steal office supplies, or are they all communal property? Question mark. I think you just of want them to be communal poverty then. <laughs> You're a thief. Isn't this a question that they ask on like the test for like the like the lie detector test or whatever that they make you do if you're getting like your like if you're getting a certain level of clearance that they ask you like have you ever taken office supplies and the answer is like everyone has taken office supplies of course everyone so, I mean, that's the dumbest right. question but, like but any... that's why because if you lie about it then it's like they know you got the test they know you're lying i mean i sort of feel like your salary wherever you work is whatever it is your salary is x plus as much office supplies, supplies. as you need over the course of the year that's just implicit in the contract boy the audience like a... is divided about this oh really slight majority for all pens belong to all people um oh, ben you're so controversial anyway um all right so since i have last uh, been with you we have announced the next special military operation against the oh. diplomatic president. I didn't know that. I haven't been yeah. on Twitter all day. Um, so um, I want to talk to you all about it because I'm very excited about it. Um, I have asked for and received permission from the copyright holder to show the movie Mr. Jones uh, oh. on the wall of a Russian diplomatic presence of my choice. Um, and the filmmakers, uh, Andrea Chalupa and Agnesia Holland, have both agreed to participate in a Zoom uh, discussion, panel discussion of the film on the wall of the embassy afterwards. So the one group that has not um, agreed to this is the Russian embassy. I was um, just about to say that. Uh, but we are, uh, I believe the- we are not deterred by this. And so uh, we are going to uh, do it. Um, 
uh, at some, I think we are, we're, we're, I'm working with Matteo to test the question of whether we have enough lumen power to do um, an afternoon showing, a kind of uh, matinee. Um, but uh, it will be sometime in DC at a diplomatic facility to be named later. And uh, I confess I'm pretty excited about it. Kate, you've left. And I needed to get a, a wet rag to wipe things down. Um, there's dust everywhere. Um, okay, well, I am also excited about it. Um, are this going to be at the, this is not going to be at a residence. This is going to be at the no, embassy I, again. I, I, I think that the bring, embassy is a better. Let's bring Mateo on, um, actually. I think, I think he may be here. Um, let's okay. uh yeah I, just, I, I mean i'm like i'm excited but i do think that like having been at the second event i now have seen both the structural difficult it's not as good like it's not as much of a movie screen the residence is yeah i think we've found like a super good movie screen okay um, i and... kind of think that you shouldn't publicize this well but Why? then we can't get people there um, I think that you put out a signal or something. I don't know. I'm trying to think about how to do this, but I, my general take is that like, hi, Mateo. Hi, Kate. Hi, Ben. It's been a minute. Hello. Um, I mean, like literally a minute because I saw you a couple days ago, but, um, okay. So what is, what is your take? What is your, what is your thought process on all of this? My take on you think, what, the well, lost where, election. where this should be held like what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have thoughts? Do you think that the Russian, what did you think about the viewing? So I feel like the projector and the viewing potential, like you couldn't see much My of the slideshow yeah. at the ambassador's residence, no. right? No. And without destroying the operational security of the thing in the works, I think it will be a lot better this time just because of the surface that we're thinking about. I will say I'm very skeptical about the hope for a matinee. I really doubt that uh, we'll be able to get enough light, even out of this uh, big ass projector. I don't know how you would be able to do that, honestly. I just want to say that the initials for big ass projector is BAP. Mm. And I think we should just from now on just call it the BAP. Mm. Can we also... Because like, I, I, wanna... I may have bought a BAP this mo uh, yesterday morning, KK. Oh, I know. I saw you sent me the thing. I think that that's great. But can I also say that, like, there are drive-in movie theaters don't show movies, like, after, like, so, like... That's like, what I'm saying, like, yeah. Right? Like, like, what? Like, I think I'm not trying... I'm also really not trying to yuck your yum here at all. I'm just being, I also don't yeah. see the yum so much in the in the matinee. I think it'll well, be... Well, the, 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 the thing about the... At matinee is that people could bring their kids to a movie about genocide, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I paused just, in my cleaning to give you some shade, Ben. I uh, just think that, like, I just think that, like, there's a couple of things. The other thing is that, like, here's the other thing about the live Zoom, conti the continued conceit of the live Zoom, which is that the continued conceit of the live Zoom means that basically, like, I, I actually think that that having now been in one of the missions, I think that that is so hard to pull off mm. that like it's almost not worth like, and that if you try to pull it off, you are almost unbelievable. Like, okay, so you're well, also, gonna get- Doesn't it create gonna a whole get the other copyright issue? Uh, Does what? To try to live stream the movie? Oh, no, no, we've got permission to do that. Permission to show that's, it in front of whoever shows up, or permission to show it show it in front not, of whoever shows up and live works. stream it. Oh. They're fine. They're like they've got permission for use. That's fine. That's like we, fine. We have. I have it in writing. Um, but I just want to also just say, like, like there's no copyright issue. But like all of that aside, listen. Here's what you do know after two times doing this. That looked like four, but let's stick with two. Uh, two times doing this is that they. They are now going to, if you want people to show up, it means the Russians show up and it means they, they countervail you with their annoying spotlights. Okay. Which is kind of the point, And I think really great, but like you have to pick, you have to pick 
your 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 tell me if you think I'm wrong. You have to pick your your your, your ideas. You can either have do the event and basically be thinking that you're going to do the event and that the continual stunt being being stymied and screwed up by the Russians uh, is part okay. uh, is like part of the point. Yeah, but, but here's, the other thing is, the but here's my point. here's my question, Kate. So I am thinking of announcing exactly what we're going to do, where we're going to do it and the timing and inviting the Russian countermeasures. And here's why, because I think this is a movie about genocide and the erasure of history that, mm-hmm. you know, if you've, if you've, for those of you who've seen the movie, it's about the Russian efforts to deny the Holodomor, uh, the, the Ukrainian genocide in real time and their recruitment of Western journalists, particularly uh, uh, Glenn Greenwald, sorry, I mean, Walter Durante, uh, by way of doing that. Um, and Walter Durante uh, won a Pulitzer for his work denying the Ukrainian genocide. Um, and so the thought was we would say, hey, look, here's where we're going to do it. Here's what we're going to do. If you want to deploy countermeasures uh, to blot it out, it will be part of this history that the movie is about of denying and erasing uh, this. Uh, and then that's you know, clever. And then, that's you know, either. And then if we, you know, we show up. We set it up. We do exactly what we say we're going to do, and um, uh, and then if they show up and and as Matteo will attest, the environment that we're talking about doing it in is a very conducive one for us. It's a harder one for them, um, but it's not impossible that they could show up with lights and and prevent it. But we'd be filming the whole thing. And uh, they would have to be willing to have us and, you know, uh, 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 film them blotting out this bit of their own genocidal history in Ukraine. Do you think that they care? I honestly don't know. Yeah. Their behavior so far hasn't shown a great deal of caring. No, it's not. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Mateo? I'm I mean, not. I can't see. Ooh, the Joel right the now. Nudge has some has some information about daylight projection. Uh, uh, Even if the projection could conceivably be done in the day, and again, my final thoughts on this depend on what you know testing the projector shows. I don't feel very strongly about the matinee. In fact, I think it's just better to do it in at night. It is a powerful movie in its own right projected on any surface and if we can get it visibly on you know a russian diplomatic building i think that that's great um but my thoughts right now are you know given the struggles of uh this weekend's operation we should lean into doing it at night I'm really ambivalent about the value of live stream versus recorded video. And if live stream adds the same operational strains that it did last time, uh, it may not be worth the, the boost. So uh, I just got a text from a, from a first time in lieu of fun viewer who says not to distract from the seriousness of this discussion, but I really want to see Kate's shirt. Um, so we are going to stand up, Kate. A first, I, a first time in Lua Funner? Yes. I just displayed my shirt before. Oops, sorry. Uh, so we're going to uh, uh, make Kate the full screen so that Kate's shirt is now visible. I'm just lowering my... Oh, shit. There's no wolf. My... There's no husky on Kate's shirt. Come on. There we go. In Lua Hold Fun, on, I will, like... We have Kate's this shirt. Is, it's actually, it's a pretty great shirt. That's a really cool shirt. It's a good shirt. Mm. I got it at a thrift store. I don't remember where. I think it was Montana. Oh, oh good. Great. All right. That was a little diversion. Um, Wait, who wanted, to, who wanted to see? Okay, no, whatever. no, no, no. We respect privacy on In Lieu of Fun. Um, Barely. 
Wait, Barely. I think I broke my we, standing desk. We engage oh, in HIPAA violations. Oh. Um, uh, I'll be right back now. I have to fix my standing desk. All right, we're going to... Kate has broken her desk. Um, and uh, so it's the Mateo and Ben show. Um, Mateo, you back in New Haven? Back in New Haven. Like I needed to check. Yes, back in New Haven. Pauline asks a key question. How does a first time viewer have Ben's number? Uh, and, you know, that's sometimes some first time viewers are really resourceful. Uh, they get my number, then they show up and they start texting me everything that's wrong with the show. Uh, you know, um, it happens. No, there are these lawfare people who've been like longtime lawfare people. Um, and, uh, you know, have my number and then, you know, show up after stalking lawfare for years and years and years, finally take the plunge and come to in lieu of fun. And they're shocked that it's not the lawfare podcast. Reasonable. And the, there's a pretty different vibe between this and the lawfare podcast. Yeah, because that's serious, Ben. Mm. And this is dog shirt, Ben. It's just, just a different thing. And the Lawfare podcast doesn't have Kate. And this does have Kate. Pauline, you can have my number anytime. Um, uh, you know, that's just not not a problem. Um, ben, do you all have right. a standing desk? What's that? Do you have a standing desk? Um, wait, where's Kate? Kate disappeared. Um, i got to bring back. her back now. Um, uh, I do not have a standing desk. I have a hammock desk and a sitting desk, but, um, I will say that like, I love my, sorry, I, my standing desk is not broken all as well. Thank God, actually, because I really like this desk. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, um, so you can see, we really planned the show today. We, we really, we oh my God, a, it's only been, you know, it's funny, like, I could have looked at the thing and it could have been 35 minutes or 17 <laughs> and apparently it's 17. It's only been 17 minutes. Well, so, so, so I great. have a question for you, Mateo. Uh, Paula, I believe did the last, um, uh, where's the lie, uh, audience edition. And as one of the perks of being on where's the lie, you get to nominate the next where's oh, the lie contestant. And I believe if memory serves, that she nominated you. Can you confirm or deny that? I vaguely uh -oh. remember something to that effect, yeah. Uh, and I believe you accepted the nomination. I think I oh, did. Oh, shit. I think I did. Oh, yeah. damn. So uh, when are you doing Where's the Lie audience edition? Oh, do you want to hear what? an actual real story about what we did Morelli? Wait, you have yes. to, you, you can't prevent you, you, you're letting Mateo off the hook here, KK. Oh. And as much as No, tell us about Morelli. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, like, I feel like, uh, um, yes. Uh, no, don't, don't, don't fall I for know. this okay. shit, KK. No, do, do. We talked about oh, Timmy with an eye for 45 minutes. We barely heard a word about, like, a day in the world. Also, can I tell a funny story about that, which was that, like, that ended and like we and and Scott looked at There's me and no was like I roll emoji on on in lieu of fun. Why? What do you mean? Because I'm trying to put Mateo on the spot and get him to commit to a I day know for, and I'm trying well, to I'm gracious and trying to No, no, to we're both him. Oh, it no, this is actual subterfuge, Ben. This is purposeful subterfuge. Mm. Um I'm like I'm not putting Mateo on the spot. I'm 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 letting Mateo off the hook. I know, that's the problem. I know, By the way, we're, Timmy, we're uh, Timmy uh, I've heard Timmy has had a really hard week, and that's why Scott's not on the show today. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think that basically, like, I think that uh, I also want to say, just FYI, that like that entire thing. So we finished, and like we were in the car trying to come up with this like ridiculous plan for for, for fooling people. And Scott came up with this story and I was like, okay. And I was like, here's the thing. I'm actually really bad at lying and I hate lying and I can't do it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I understand, but like, it's fine. We'll just kind of do this. And I was like, okay. And, um, 
he told the story and I kind of tried to add support here and there. And then the moment of truth came, Ben, in which you were like, KK, look me in the eye and tell me. And I cr like I crumbled like that. Like I was just like, I could not lie to you. You guys were so, uh, I mean. I mean, it was the, so obvious. Yes, the story I know, was so obvious that I know, I, I, know. I honestly like, didn't like, need your crumble to destroy I know, that story. I know, that's not the point. The point was that I legitimately just kind of crumbled and like, uh, I know there was no need for it, of course. Um, and, uh, but, but, but Scott's was like, we got, we turn off the show. We go to return the car and Scott goes, you really can't lie. Can you? And I was like, no, I really don't like lying. And I'm like, that's kind of, that's like, kind of, I don't know. That was like the end. Like it was kind of funny anyway. Um, wait, we have people on. Yeah, we do. But, um, so first of all, I just want to say the wolf shirt, uh, totally trounced the Husky shirt. So this is now officially a wolf shirt, not a Husky shirt. Oh. And all pens belong to all people has, uh, defeated by a 60, 40 margin that, uh, uh, it is possible to steal auto, uh, office supplies. So I will never feel well, guilty. Like I mean, how many people are in jail right now for toner scams and things like that? I mean, like yeah, toner. See, this is like an interesting question. What is it to steal? I have so many post-it notes. Like I have so many post-it notes. Can you steal post-it notes? And then like how many post-it notes? And then when do you like tip over into stealing things like, like toner that it costs $90 or something? Uh, no. So I think the answer is any amount that you take for reasonable use uh, that is bought for the... You really uh, buy into this reasonableness idea. I was idea. just going to say, that's the crutch of all these things. Yeah, and this is like, is this is like just reasonableness. Like, that just is a deferral into somebody adjudicating reasonableness, Ben. Mm -hmm. That's not the answer you think it is. Reasonableness gets you nowhere. All right. There's no norms. Marcelo asks, what scotch do you keep in your office, Ben? Um, I'm trying to see which faculty have what booze across disciplines. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm in a very loud, distracting place, so I can't just, just join you on screen. So I'm currently drinking this uh, bottle of Talisker. Um, I, so I, I have a confession to make. I have a lot of bottles of scotch in my office. I can... Not just your office. I have now organized your bar uh, while I was at your home. And you have a lot of bottles of everything. And yeah. they're, none of them are empty or close no, to that, I don't actually drink very much. I know. Um, but I have a lot of uh, bottles. And the reason I have them in my office, uh, ironically, is that people send them to me because of Rational Security 1.0. Yeah. Um, and when we, when we did rational I wish security I had this problem. and Shane and I would, would drink scotch during the rational security tasting, uh, during the Mueller investigation, we had like lots of people would just send us really nice bottles of scotch. And for some of them, uh, I, I actually never got to thank them because they showed up after the pandemic started with no return address. There's some really nice bottles here. Um, that I have no idea where they came from. And so, and then we stopped doing rational security um, and the scotch kind of uh, supply kind dried, of dried up. Dried up. Dried up. But now, but we have the residual scotch from, and also I, you'll see back there, there's some, uh, there's some Russian vodka that showed up during uh, the Mueller investigation. People were very humorous with the bottles they sent. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, do you need me to, do you want me to send my forwarding address then? No, 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 no. Hey, are you I, hey, I'm coming to visit you this weekend. I'll, 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 I, I can bring a bottle for you. I you know. Want. I'm very excited. Um, there's something I was going to tell you, uh, that was related to that. Oh, wait, who is Hey, look, it's Dr. Doom actually <gasps> visible, sort of. He's not visible. Oh, no, but, so sad. Hold There's on a a... Somebody in uh, a friend of Oh, mine. nice. Oh, my God. This is amazing. <laughs> You've got, like, the actual... Oh, Jesus Christ. You need that's to turn your lights right off, now. actually. I feel like you need you to turn know, your lights off. You know, that's the looming problem with uh, this, Ben. I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to be able to make it. I, 
and unfortunately my lair has some light. Well, you look fabulous. What can we Thank do you, for Kate. you? Uh, I had a question for Kate, which is, do you have a, a moderation problem then with your plan? You know, it's publicly displayed. It can't be, uh, you know, you can't be blocked. What, what, what's the moderation uh, issue? Oh, one other comment. Um, my daughter writes, uh, she's very young, she writes horror stories all the time. And I want you to know that one of the principles of it is that any kid named Timmy always dies at the end. So, <laughs> anyway. I want to say that Timmy was originally named Jimmy. And then we settled on Timmy. Why with an I, though? Well, how did that I happen? don't know. I was making a joke because, like, it's never, it's always like, it's like Timmy with an I. Well, there's already an I in it. It's kind of like, I don't know, Kimmy with an I. Like, it's like the same, like, it's like the same. kind. And I was just kind of making a joke out of that, like, stupid. But, like, I don't know. I was trying to add some flavor to, like, the story. Some, like, some, like, weird detail that would seem believable. I don't know. It was pretty, it was like, at that point, I have to also be honest, like there is, I don't know, I was like very tired. Like I was not because anything had happened or anything else, but like, man, I'm not like, I'm still like a little bit uh, COVID paralyzed by like long periods of socialization. And Ben, we were like, that DC trip was like a long period of lots of socialization and seeing people. And then I don't know, it was just kind of crazy to like go into the thing. Hi, Richard. I'm going to shut up. What is that giant head on your wall then? That's one of the masks. Okay. What is the giant head on your wall then? <laughs> um, what are you doing? You I'm, shining the laser? I'm shining a laser at the, uh, uh, at the camera. I don't know if that's a good idea, Ben. You know, it seems um, I just I do want to say that there someone asked what happened to the one morel. Um, Scott gave me the one morel. I had found it, uh, so it feels like a little bit fair. Also, I've never tasted a morel before in my life, and so I and let me guess home. you found that it was good but not worth two days of foraging to find no i actually thought it was so good that i would do more foraging like it was like very delicious it was actually pretty exceptional tasting i didn't do the whole, the whole like foods much faster. i know i didn't do the whole thing that like that like scott talks about with the shallots and whatever i wanted to taste the morel i didn't want like fucking shallots in the way so i just used a little bit of butter and then sauteed it ever so slightly and it was literally filled a spoon, like a like a teaspoon. And they went, oh, that is actually quite original. And I've never tasted that before. It's kind of interesting. So yeah, anyways, they, I really liked it. They are tasty, but they're not like worth all the fuss. I think that Re like you don't understand the fuss is part of the fun. Oh, I totally understand that. I'm the guy who. Uh, I know. Uh, does this entire special operations thing so yeah yeah the fuss is all the fun but when it's you when it's somebody else it's just something to make fun of That's richard fair. wattenbarger the floor is yours okay i'm gonna be mr no fun um <clears throat> so i am taking a little trip down memory lane and remembering the 1980s when Robert Conquest's book um, *The Harvest of Sorrow* came out, and that was about the about the Ukrainian famine. And um, I, I, my impression at the time was that, like, this is most people did not know about this correct at, at, the, at the time. And you know, so we learned about Walter Duranty and and so on and so forth. Um, my my sense is that for some reason or another that the Conquest book kind of you know, fell off the map or you know, didn't get much attention and that all this stuff is all of a sudden coming to um, coming back up and now you know since Ukraine is obviously going through this uh, something very similar a second time um, so uh, what happened did they did, did conquest in fact kind of fall off the map with a problem to the book or 
um, was it just the, in the middle of the Cold War, in the middle of the Reagan era, people didn't want to beat up on the Soviet Union anymore? Yeah, so are you sick? Yeah, I, I've had this awful cold for the last few days. I'm sorry, um, that's going around, but I man. I haven't tested positive COVID, so. No, no, I'm sure that it's not. <clears throat> just like, anyway, sorry. I'm sorry that you're feeling that well. So the answer to your question is complicated, and I'm not the ideal person to give it, though I think I'm a passable third place version of a person to give it. Um, so the Conquest book is an enormously important contribution. Um, and uh, one problem with Robert Conquest is that despite being something of a poet, he actually couldn't write. Um, and his prose is turgid and... Um, uh, Good use and, of turgid. Uh, it's not a well-written book. And the same, the same problem, you know, his biography of Stalin has much the same problem. There's just a huge amount of good historiography about it, but you want to commit seppuku every 10 pages or so. Good use to, of seppuku. Thank you. Um, so uh, I, I think the first problem is just the quality of the writing. The second problem is uh, the you're quite right about the political climate in which it came out. This was received as a sort of cold warrior um, being you know, Conquest was a conservative in the Reagan era, obsessed with the crimes of, of Stalinism, which was, by the way, not a unreasonable thing to be obsessed with, but it wasn't, it wasn't what the left academia wanted to talk about at the time. And, um, and so there was a, um, he was always a seriously admired historian, but it didn't, it was not among any of the academic uh, flavors of the day. The third thing, and this is, I, I think, the most important thing, is that the Soviet archives weren't open yet. Um, and the um, the watershed here is the fall of the Soviet Union and a different generation of historians, uh, particularly Anne Applebaum, uh, who just got a huge amount more material. And it wasn't because conquest was deficient. It was because he was writing in the 70s and 80s, not in the 90s and aughts. And that just made an immense difference. And so if you look at the, the granular quality of information uh, in the Conquest book, it is basically the stuff at the Hoover Archive in California. Anne had all of that, but she also had the archive in Moscow. And, uh, and then the final element, which I think may be the most important of all, is that you know Ukrainian national consciousness was ruthlessly suppressed throughout the period of the Soviet Union, including the period in which uh, conquest was writing. And so if you try to imagine Holocaust history without Israelis, right? You know, um, and there was some, you know, there's a Ukrainian-American community, there's a Ukrainian-Canadian community. Uh, they're big, they're significant, um, but they do not, they have not generated the kind of historiography in that period of time uh, that, you know, uh, that, gen you know, and then the, the, the related point, which I made in my conversation with Andrea Chalupa, who who was the author of um, the author of Mr. Jones, um, is that you know one of the things that enabled modern Holocaust historiography was that the Allies won the war, and we captured the German archives, we captured the camps. Um, you know, nobody captured Ukraine, right? It was the force that committed that genocide, with the exception of a brief period of Nazi control, was in control of that space until the fall of the Soviet Union. And so that you don't actually have access to the stuff, uh, much of which is destroyed, the records, the, you know, the archives, the humans to interview, you know, and so except for the ones that emigrate, emigrated, the actual like 
the historical forensics were not collected in real time because the Soviets didn't want them to be. And that I think had just a huge, that, you know, that has no impact on history, on what happened, but it has an immense impact on historiography and memory. And so you can kill 4 million people or 5 million people or 3 million people or 10 million people, whatever it is, and it kind of disappears. I mean, it not that we don't know that it happened, but and the 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 most amazing example of this is the Great Leap Forward, which is, you know, which kills more people than the Holocaust and this combined. Um, and you know, the Chinese Communist Party still claims to be the legitimate rulers of right and um and I think that's because you they control the history of it and they can reduce it to well the, yes there were excesses and what excesses mean is somewhere between 20 and 50 million people mm -hmm. I, that's the best i yeah. can do sort of standing on one foot it's an immensely interesting and complicated subject why some of these genocidal activities are um you know, are part of our consciousness and part of them aren't. I mean, we're also, you're not mentioning the Khmer Rouge and Rwanda And the Armenians. And the Armenians. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, right. yeah, there's just like, I don't know. I also well, think I, that there's this from a cognitive, from a cognitive science perspective, I think that there is, a, and from a journalism perspective, I think that one, it's very hard to report on something like this and get the scale of it in a way that people can never really understand one. And then like two is it's bad for business, like to a certain extent, it's not war. There's no winners and losers. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible losers. And so it's like not great headlines. Honestly, people don't, most people don't want to read that every day. And the third thing is that like, I actually think that we're, and like now that we have social media and like people can put their lived experience like through video in front of our eyes and force us to look at it is like, you still see people clicking away. Like you still see people leaving. There's no business model that's like kind of like thwarting it. There's nothing. You still be, because there is just a certain amount that you like, you know that you're not going to be able to actually do anything. So like, right? But you're forced to look at this all the time and be conscious of it. And it's a fucking exhausting way to go through life, to be like actually visually like to, to like, I don't mean this to say that you, we should or shouldn't look at it. There's no normative take that I'm taking on this. I'm just saying that like, I think it's very objectively true that you stare at horrific things happening all the time. You are at the end of the day, miles and miles, even if you were close, you wouldn't have been able, you don't, you don't have a way to like necessarily thwart the type of power and regime changes. Like you couldn't do anything, but it's especially, it's just, it's horribly debilitating. And I think it's like, I don't know. I have a whole theory that like part of the crazy kind of quote unquote wokeness that's happening and everything else is like part of a period in which people are faced with the worst things they like, are being really forced to grapple with the worst things in humanity and being forced to grapple with like the lack of control that they have over other people. And so this is like what's leading to kind of this boost in authoritarianism, but yeah, anyway. But I think if you, I, I don't want to speak for Anne, but I think if you would ask her, she would describe Robert conquest as foundational and crucially important to all of the people who did work after he lived to be quite old and you know if you can stand the prose his biography of stalin stands up very well it's 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 a you know amazing piece of work given the circumstances the remote circumstances under which it was produced yeah well, that's, uh, it's all right we have Ev, hey. Hey, who, who is you? not wearing lion shirt. No, I way. actually thought she was wearing a suit at first. No, no, that's actually like a hoodie. It's a hoodie. Anything. It's cute. Yeah. I know. So, correct answer. Kate, my correspondent, says uh, that she wants your shirt. 
Okay. Um, she can have it, I think, depending on who it is. I've been, I'm get to wait, hold on. We have big news guys. We do. Well, for me, uh, um, we found an apartment. John oh. and I are going to be moving from our studio apartment where we've lived for now 12 years in one room. And this is not like secret like this, like I've like posted pictures of this place on like the internets and we have um, a two bedroom that we're moving into and this is, it's awesome. I'm very happy. So anyways, I won't have to like. Picks. Well, John doesn't like, I think Daphne Keller was like, sent me a text. She's like, is John going to miss his office being like the office is the bathroom. And I hear it was like, he can still sit in the bathroom and take zoom calls if he wants to. Now he doesn't have to do that anymore. Uh, and anyways, it's like, it's really, um, the other really fun part about this is, and I want to hear about van life because I actually like, I remember like, I have like, us talking about like the way that you organized your life and like stuff happens, but like we have been adults for quite a while and we don't, uh, we have not, we have no furniture. You just don't have much furniture if you're living in a studio apartment. We don't have like any, like I'm like, we're kind of sitting around going like, well, this is fun. Now we get to go and like, there can be like a whole thing where we build or pick out our own furniture and mostly we're leaning towards kind of building our own shit which ben will love um or you you, you could get it from mateo mm, you could no the studio struggle is why this is a standing desk coffee table dinner table yes the sitting desk Correct. It needs to be. and I we don't do dinner on this desk but there is a yeah mm. it's um i don't know i'm mm. just like I'm just very, I don't know, um, Reverend Doctor, whether, uh, whether the, I don't know how the bookshelf, actually, John was actually very much like, what's going to happen to your Zoom background? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, John, it's not like a Zoom back. I like, we had this as our back, the background before we were on Zoom all the time. Um, and he was like, how are we going to recreate the bookshelf? I'm like, well, the bookshelf is just sitting on the, on a heater. And so, like, I don't know. We can just sit it on something else. Um, but I built this with my grandmother. I don't know if I've ever told you that story, Ben. My no. grandmother, who is um, a woodworker and carpenter and um, is amazing, and her parents used to build houses, but she's very handy. She, like, loves woodworking. Um, and I found all this old barn wood when I was clerking in Geneseo, and then we um, – we cut it in half and then I had made all these measurements and she thought that I was like completely insane, but you'll see that like all it is like, these are just like little blocks, like tapped into the side to sit the, like the shelving on. But the whole thing is like, I designed it and then built it to fit into this space. And I kind of love that. I love doing stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It makes me like, I actually planned it so that I could like put this crazy, like, some crazy amount of like records and like a tapestry in this like space and then like have a whole thing of like, I don't know, weird. I found this on a beach in Martinique and I was like, hey, this is a beautiful shell. I can't believe I actually found a shell like this. And then I put it in a bag and I brought it home and I realized there was something dead inside because I got, <laughs> I got home and it smelled like dead. It smelled like dead. It smelled real bad. And um, John was away for the weekend. And I was like, hey. And I had to leave again. And I had to kind of like let him know that there was something dead inside our apartment. And I had put it in a bag of bleach and was trying to kill it. Um, and that like, I'm like, hey, I just brought this home, this thing from like Martinique. And um, yeah, it's in a bag of bleach. And uh, there's something dead inside of it. And when we do, we'll get we'll pull it out and we'll flush it down the toilet and then we'll have this beautiful shell. But have John fun. John must have loved that. I'll see you when we get, I get home. I'm going to go on four days of a speaking tour. And like, uh, John, I just, 
if no one knows that John is a saint yet, um, John is the saint. <laughs> like, John is like, oh, there's six caterpillars that you brought home in a bouquet that have now emerged and are forming chrysalis all over our apartment. That's normal. Like, let's just go with it. <laughs> anyway. All right. We've got Mateo. We've got Ev. We've got Paula. It's time to get this party started. What's on your mind, Paula? Oh, it wasn't anything like um, that was going to induce partying. But <laughs> um, Kate made a really good point, and I it was I saw this a couple weeks ago. Um, maybe it was like we could go on Twitter, and it's like something that I actually do think about quite a bit. But some woman like made a post, and it was like I can't believe like we're going through like the craziest times of our lives, and people are posting pictures of like their dogs and stuff, and like like things like posting pictures of their life. And I think it was like in an effort to like be like ultra aware of what's going on. And I'm like, I think that's like the opposite. Like it like assumes like that, like we just like are like have no ability like to actually like manage more than one thing at once in our life and like takes away people's abilities to cope. Cause I'm sorry if you're like depressed because of the world situation, you're not gonna be able to like help much if you're having continuous like, existential dread that like ruins your ability to like function and like i think like it imagines this like world view of like people in countries that have like actual problems of like where they don't do things with their lives when in fact they do like like my family in like lebanon like even though there's like a million different like political issues over there like doesn't just like sit and stare at like the ceiling and like just like not do anything with their lives and like people in war-torn countries don't like not do fun things and i think like people here think that sometimes and i i just thought that was like a very like weird thing to like post like we're going to regulate the fun things that people can do with their life i don't know what do you think ev well it's it's, it's kind of when the pandemic struck like everyone was feeling bad about saying uh like many people weren't so sad about the fact that the the, the everything has shut down and like there was time to do other stuff but you were always saying like oh yeah i'm doing quite well although i really understand that there's people dying everywhere and like no i so yeah i feel it's kind of the same like we we're trying to to be uh nice and respectful in this way of like no we don't we shouldn't post dog pictures and stuff but it's 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 kind of a weird way to think about it, and I'm completely with you, Paula. We shouldn't do that um, because it prevents us having a real conversation about the real dire stuff uh, when we just wait. We shouldn't do what, Ev? We shouldn't post like pictures, uh, we police police other people's yeah police other pictures. people yeah uh, what other people want to say. Uh, so yeah. I'm basically with Paula on that. Uh, Seems like a springtime with springtime for Hitler kind of like point, right? No, Ben. Oh, I mean, I Seems totally like a producer's point. I totally believe in laughing at almost everything. Uh, there are a few lines that I don't cross, but there's only a few, and I sort of feel like humor is part of our coping mechanisms for dealing with life. And I think people who were like, I'd much more, I'd much rather err on the side of mirth than err on the side of being fake somber. I was also gonna say like, we started this show two plus years ago in the middle of the total unknown, right? Of like, kind of like, like not too much tragedy had struck yet but it was like clear that it was going to happen. And I don't know. There like was a the comic of... theater in the Warsaw ghetto. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that won't tell you to lighten up. When... Like, it's not just that. It just is like a pure cope. Like you just can't survive living in total trap. Like if you don't have, I don't know. I actually like what is that movie? Life is beautiful. I kind of think it's kind of about this too. Like, which is like a really depressing movie. But it's like this idea. It's like Jojo Rabbit. Someone this is the second time Dan Byman told me to watch that too. Now I have to do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, 
No, fake somber is bad. No fake one is wrong. Bad. Fake somber is the worst. Okay. That is actually like, I would rather people be conscious and authentic and caveat what they're saying and then be their genuine selves than be fake somber. Um, but anyways, are hi, you being Mark? fake somber here? Am I being fake somber? Are no. you being fake somber? No, I'm always somber. Oh, I'm, okay. Uh, no, by the way, uh, 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 with regards to your uh, point about the comic theater, if people aren't familiar with Manish Kochak, you should definitely read about him. He's like a very inspiring uh, no, I want to. Uh, yeah, so, so tell people about this for people who don't know. Uh, so I'm I'm by no means an expert on him, and this is just off the top of my head, so I don't I, I might get some details wrong. But Janusz Korczak was uh, ran like an orphanage uh, around the time of the Holocaust, and, and uh, he was very well respected uh, to the point that like. He was given several outs by like German fans of his work because I believe he was like also a playwright. Uh, but he insisted on uh, staying with the kids throughout the Holocaust in the Warsaw Ghetto, and he would uh, put up plays with them. Uh, they would like have the kids perform, and he was very much in the mind of like teaching kids how to be independent and how to like do stuff. So I believe like the. Um, the orphanage was in like large part run by the kids so they like managed the orphanage in many ways and so he was with them all the way through um the holocaust helping them uh uh put up plays and dealing with tough situations up until the point where they wanted to liquidate the uh, orphanage and so he uh, again, one even though he was given the chance to uh, escape, uh, decided to march with the kids to the gas chambers and uh, be with them for the entire time. Cheerful stuff. Um, Do you have but, anything but, but like, to read or watch about that? What? Do you have anything to read or watch, like, uh, recommendation? There are it's it. It's a famous case. There are many, uh, many books about it. Um, any, any particular one that are? I don't know. We'll I'll find you a bunch. Like there's, yeah. I think that there's. Um, I don't know. I have one of the foundational. One of the. It's not funny, but like one of the foundational graphic novels that I read. Um, in college was mouse obviously mouse one and two and they are like i mean this is and dr doom said this in the chat and i didn't want to give him credit for it but there's like there's a question of like whether there is a certain amount of like evolutionary coping mechanism for for this that develops in the jewish sense of humor and everything else that is so dark um or and so kind of like i don't know there's just like it's a life it's like not just lifetimes, but generations of stuff. But anyways, um, well, we got to try to lift this up so that we're not all kind of like... Yeah, so say something guy. funny, Adamar. Yeah, say something. say something funny. Yeah, just do it right now. Good joke, right now, on the spot. Well, I people I'm very funny, but I, I can't do this on command right now. Mateo, oh. joke. What do you call a, a second thought about a decision to spend time on a Native American community? Reservation. <laughs> that's a reservation, reservation, reservation. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, I have a good one. Not mine, by the way. But I have a good Kate one. Kate a good one. I'm sure Kate wants to steal her. <laughs> um, knock, knock. Oh, this is for my really. This okay? No, actually, no. That's funny. Never mind. Okay, well, that, was kill, that was like the, hey, air one. I I the balloon there. Uh, no, okay, Mateo, knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Moo. I think the latency got you there. <laughs> <laughs> this was a totally funny joke when I was eight, and it was not the pandemic. And it was still funny when you were nine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, 
I all right, say... I have a joke for you all. What? So there's a, a guy has been sentenced to be hanged. And they take him out and they put a noose around his neck. And they say to him, do you have any last words? And he looks up and he says, yeah, I don't think this thing's safe. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, it occurred to category me should, of missing the point. It should, well, it occurred to me that we should do for a uh, for a for for at some point, we really have never had a very solid treatment of NFTs and discussing them and explaining them. And I was thinking that actually that that would be we would be well served. I have now explained this like 15 times to my property students uh, in in individual conversations, not to like the same student, thank God. Um, but that's like, but uh, <laughs> that would be very that would be de depressing. But there is like. But basically, like, I kind of think that we should have like an NFT conversation. And I've been trying to think of good analogies. And I kind of want to test run my analogies for NFTs. And I was thinking that the in lieu of fun community would be great for this. I think we like, should make an in lieu of fun NFT. Like a no, no. An NFT of every episode of in lieu Stop. of fun. No. So that people can bid on the podcast just to start. And then, uh, anyway, a terrible person. We're not doing that. Like, that's not going to happen. We're, we're, um, we're a little late for the NFT boat. So I'll come and Yeah, you're way off the NFT boat. Like, yeah, because like, they're, all, they're all losing all their value now. I have a funny, I have a question for you. Um, does anyone here want to? I own a small amount of Bitcoin. Does anyone else buy into Bitcoin? Or have any type of like decide to like have any type that they want to admit to. No, it's I had. Time. I keep all of my money in stable. <laughs> I keep all of my money in you know in uh, uh, tulips. Itamar, if you want to hear the luckiest story of all time, um, I've actually been trying to get in touch with a friend of mine who was actually working on that stablecoin ecosystem for a while. Uh, to get him to tell me about it and uh, see about putting a little bit of money into it. And now uh, I'm, I'm glad I got saved by procrastination. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't recommend it. Ever, which, which cryptocurrency do you keep your fortune in? In none. Actually, I spent years and years mocking friends who were like really into Bitcoins and stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not, no, that sucks. And then they're much richer than I am. Well, they were until this week. Yeah. Well, probably probably have sold before, but yeah. Uh, I uh, I took myself too seriously, and they won. It's one of those terrible things that happens. You know, you behave responsibly, and then the people who behave irresponsibly no, kick no, no, your no, ass. No, that, that's not the point about responsibility. It's not at all about responsibility. It was really much more about like your. Uh, mocking them the fun i had in mocking them i couldn't spend money on that and like end up losing that power of mocking them mm. yeah we yeah. gotta we that gotta do cry. this show ben we gotta do this show i think it's necessary but... we could have crypt can we have crypto bros over and have ev mock them i think oh, yeah you as one of the crypto uh, bros uh, uh, i think he's having a meltdown uh, there's this uh, guy uh, called Patrick Boyo who's on Twitter and makes and a great explanation on um, the uh, stablecoin falling. Yeah, he does a lot of great finance videos, uh, among other things. Matt Levine wrote a really good article. Matt Levine writes everything that is good about everything. He's Matt Levine should come on. I know. I was actually thinking about that. I've been trying to think about that for a while. I think I, I have to get his email. Do you have Matt Levine's email, Ben? Anyway, nay, nay, we got to wrap up. But yeah. uh, Mateo, you're a great American. Itamar, you're a great Israeli. Ev, you're a, I'm a great American. Well, you're, I don't you're know American. Yeah, don't assume. Well, are you that. a U.S. citizen? Uh, yeah, I've got many citizenships. Yeah, Ben. Oh, well, all right. You're a great American and a great Israeli. Um, Ev, I know you're not a great American. You're you're a great Canadian. 
uh, and KK, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was great tomorrow. to see you last weekend. And, and I'm going to, there's two successive weekends in which I'm going to see KK. So it's exciting. So much KK. I know. We will be back a bunch of hours, a minute from now. And until then, Mateo. We're not allowed to have fun anymore, but Kate is allowed to have more than one room. Yeah. Which is amazing That's good. after 11 I, years. I know. Technically, a bathroom counts as a room, so there's two. And an office. Fine. See you Monday. Bye. Bye.